This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Do you ever wish that you had more time in your day? What would you do with an extra hour all to yourself? Would you go for a run? Take a nap? Read a book? The possibilities are endless. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so that you can do more of it. It's a great way to increase self-awareness, deal with overthinking, alter negative behaviors, and more. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash heartwisdom today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash heartwisdom. It's really step-by-step. Step. If you think of it as long, you can kind of get lost and overwhelmed. But if you realize that where you're going is not there, not going from here to there, you're going from there to here. The, the, the path leads you back to this moment and in this moment to a more tender heart to yourself and those people around you. Hello, welcome back to Jack Kornfield's Heart Wisdom Podcast here on Ram Dass's Be Here Now Network. I'm Ganesh Braymiller, here to introduce episode 207, Rekindle and Renew. This is a really cool one. I know I often say that, but this is focused around Jack's interaction with his students. Now, normally we have Jack giving a Dharma talk, which is around some focused subject, or he's being interviewed or interviewing somebody with a, you know, a shtick. You know, somebody who is focused around a specific topic as well. Where this is a really interesting one because Jack is flowing with the wind of the individual that he is speaking with at the time. I experienced this firsthand when I was at Ram Dass's and Jack took uh, myself and a couple of the other Sabox there up to Ram Dass's room and cued in on each one of us and helped us through uh, very specific uh, questions. And uh, this episode feels much like that to me. By the end, myself and the other Sabox at Hanuman Maui were blown away by Jack's expertise and his uh, rather shamanic presence and ability to truly cue in on exactly what that individual needs. So before we dive further into the episode and get into Jack with his students, I want to offer you the opportunity to be a student of Jack. He currently has many online courses on jackhornfield.com the newest being his stories course, Transform Your Life Through Jack Hornfield's Most Powerful Stories, A 10-Hour Journey. This is one of the courses that I worked on that really hit my heart. You know, I'm into all the Buddhism, the lists, the uh, uh, learning the Dharma in a structured way, but there is something about stories which allow a transmission to come through and when we hear them and take them in, they become a part of us. And then we, even if we're not sharing the story with the people around us, end up transmitting that to them as well through the change in vibration which has occurred through our deep listening. So we invite you 
to join this 10-hour journey, which if you sign up soon, you get to take part in the live sessions where Jack will be on Zoom with the student body on October 5th and October 12th. So if you sign up before then, you get to hang with Jack, talk about the stories, talk about the Dharma, and ask questions and receive answers in the same way that this episode takes place. And to round this out, I do have to say Jack has some events coming up, which is really exciting. After a slower summer, Jack is uh, back. Through Cloud Sangha, Jack is offering a mindfulness mentor training with Tara Brock. This is 16 weeks, and it starts October 16th. Then... On the same day, October 16th, Jack is going to be giving a Spirit Rock Live online Monday Night Dharma Talk and Meditation. These are always really sweet, and they set up the month really well. Then on November 4th, Jack is joining forces with Trudy Goodman for a benefit for Spirit Rock, again online. This is entitled Loving Presence, Compassion, and a Joyful Heart. So there we are, fam. This is episode 207, Rekindle and Renew. May you be well, may you be happy, may you offer love to those through the authenticity of your own being, and may your heart always, always, always be smiling. Namaste. So we have time for some questions or dialogue for a little bit, and then following this, I have one more story to tell you before we end this evening. Hi, Jack. Hi, Linda. How are you? Good. Um, we're coming to the end of the year, uh, um, a sad year for, for most of us as we've grieved for people we've known who've died, people around the world who we don't specifically know who died. And um, each year at the end of the year, we, uh, we have an intention setting uh, ceremony around the solstice. Then I was wondering this year what, um, in light of the fact that we won't be here together um, physically, um, what would you recommend for us to do? Uh, we usually have the red strings. Um, and how, how can we connect our intentions uh, for the new year, what would you recommend to do that? Um, we, we know there's going to be huge challenges during this winter. Um, and, and yet we're all looking forward to the fact that uh, we're moving forward with President Biden. Um, and I'd like to know how, how do we connect with each other and connect uh, with our own intentions um, in light of the fact that we won't be together here at Spirit Rock? Um, what would be your thoughts on that? Yeah, thank you. So uh, I love your question because in some way you're bringing in what we've done over many, many years, as you describe on the last Monday night or the beginning of the new year where we'll tie a blessing cord and begin by meditating on what is our deepest intention and uh, uh, where do we find spiritual refuge or sustenance and, and so forth. The beautiful thing of your bringing it up and describing it is that we've done it many, many years and now we know how to do it. 
And even you, in some way, you were teaching people as you did it, all right. So now instead of physically holding hands on the solstice or on New Year's Eve or whenever the time feels right to you, go to your sacred place, go to your quiet place, go to your meditation place. Take a cord if you like, a red cord, you might, or not, or a piece of paper. Quiet your own mind and heart. And then listen, if you were to set the best intention for the year ahead, like setting the compass of your heart, or this is the direction that most matters to me, this is what I want to live, let yourself reflect in that way and then write it. You know, that deep intention. And it might be the, as simple as a kind of vow. I vow to be kind, which we've talked about every year. You know, or it might be something more eloquent and poetic, which some people will find. Like that beautiful poem from the school prayer from Diana Ackerman, I Swear I will not dishonor my soul with hatred, but offer myself humbly as a guardian of nature, a healer of misery, a messenger of wonder, and an architect of peace. Or maybe you want to walk in the woods and stand in front of a tree. I speak for the trees, the redwoods, and the dogwoods, and the maples, and the oaks and listen and say, what is it that I want to do to set this intention of the heart and write it down and make a prayer. That's the beautiful thing I've seen in our community and in people all over that even though we're not together in a physical way, that we're carrying something as you have said so beautiful, so clearly um, and we have it. So thank you for bringing it in for all of us. Hi, uh, Jack. Um, my name's Anne. I live in South Louisiana. Um, I'm a new meditator. And I am I think I'm at a point in my practice where I would probably really benefit from a retreat. Which is, you know, probably not going to happen uh, anytime soon. And... Uh, I have ADD. Um, I'm very, I'm easily distracted. And so I don't know if an online retreat would, would work for me. So I'm wondering if you have any suggestions of how I can bridge to what it, some of the gifts that come from being present in a retreat until the time when I can actually do one. So first of all, thank you, Anne, for the question. With ADD, because it's an interesting thing, it's difficult in some way in this culture, but it also is a kind of a gift because it allows you also to kind of be aware of things in, in, a, in a whole different way, you know, not just not just that kind of focus. What helps you, what serves you to quiet your nervous system and collect yourself? What have you found that's good for yourself? Um, as far as practice goes, I've really 
I, I really prefer just focus on the breath. And when I'm kind of in the zone with that, I feel like I can move to more of an open awareness kind of thing. Um, guided meditations don't necessarily, they're not necessarily my jam. Um, mm-hmm. But um, I have, I, I, like I said, I'm new at this. So maybe about a year. I, I did, did it before, but I've really been diligent about it for the last year. And it's really been quite life-changing, okay? I mean, you know, I'll, can, no more antidepressants. I, um, It's just been really, it's been really transforming, transformative. And I, I really do feel like I can, there's, there's a lot more out there. And... I've just fantastic, fantastic. By the way, those of you who are listening, we did not pay her for this. This is really no. It's it's really beautiful to hear, and I know it because I've seen it over the years. How people think that it's you know some grim duty when in fact it's an invitation that can change your life. And and and, and I hear that from you so beautifully. So let me talk about retreats for a moment because your instinct to do a retreat is a wise one. What we found to our surprise is that online retreats kind of work. We we were thinking, oh God, you know, the the experience of being together in a collective place out in the country, such as Spirit Rock, is so powerful. But now we've done six or eight months of online retreats. And believe it or not, the, the experience that people report, and it's somewhat fewer hours, you can modulate it so it works for you. There is a kind of collective coming together of having that time um, that works even online. And I suspect even for you, since your practice of breath works, even with the ADD you describe. And what I'd suggest is that you start simply try a three-day retreat, for example, if your schedule allows, um, if not even a day long. Um, and you can look online at Spirit Rock or um, other places like that. Um, Insight LA has some online retreats that are very good. And there's an organization called Buddhist Geeks that offers a series of online retreats that are actually also quite good with some Spirit Rock teachers. Look online um, and do it as an experiment. You know, you experiment, you were... Um, brave enough and and I think wise enough some way intuitively to find a meditation with the breath that worked for you. And clearly it has. And I think you could trust yourself to try an online retreat and it will surprise you. And um, if it does, let me know. Send me a message. I surely will. Thank you. Thank you. It's a pleasure. I read the other day that... um, uh, that seismographs that are put around the world to measure earthquakes have been measuring the facts that the vibrations caused by humans on the earth has gone down. The earth is kind of calming down as, as we're shutting down. Um, and it started me thinking about other things that have happened in this year that actually are, are good. Um, friends that I used to see very occasionally. Now we have Zoom chats, you know, once a month. Um, 
And we've had holiday Zoom gatherings that have gathered people from around the country rather than just the people I know who live around here. So I wanted to ask your thoughts about the changes that have happened in this in this last year uh, that you hope might continue or the good things that might come out of this time. Again, it's a it's a moving and beautiful question. And in it, you've already started to provide the answer. And were we together in a room when you raised this question? Because with it, you describe, well, I'm closer to certain friends all around the world. We spend time and connect in ways that, that we weren't able to. I get to live a life that's a little bit more measured. And the earth isn't shaking from so many cars and airplanes and people running around. And it's like, that's the beneficial side of what's happened to us. Um, I saw it in my granddaughter's graduation. It was really sad. They didn't have a prom from for high school this last spring. They didn't have all the celebrations. Instead, all the students in her grade, 40, some of them, whatever, it was a small school, they all made a little video and they each spoke And it was so much more intimate than seeing somebody walk across the stage and get handed a diploma. You saw each of these girls face and say, this is the message. This is what I learned. This is what I care about in the world. Um, And it was surprisingly beautiful and intimate. So I guess I have to ask you, since I don't have a room of people, um, if you were to make a, a wish or a, a hope or a prayer for what we would keep from this time, what would it be? I guess my wish would be that we keep this sense of things slowing down a bit and and looking inward a bit more um, when we can again interact with each other. Um, I think that's what I would hope. Well, that's a beautiful blessing for us to end the questions on for this time and to carry that hope. And in some way, both the story tonight of Sejo coming back, you know, to reunite in some deep way, what you described from the pandemic has allowed us to reconnect in a stillness, in a simplicity that has some beauty to it and something truly nourishing that you don't want us to lose and that we don't want to lose, that our practice also supports us in. So I thank you for that. And I think of the words of the poet Derek Walcott, who says, to fall in love with the world in spite of history, to step out of the history and the ideas and time and actually come back to this world as it is, this marvelous world. <sighs> Hi, Jack. This is Iliani. Hi, Iliani. How are you? I am so much better after tonight. <laughs> um, thank you. Thank you for this gorgeous evening. I, I came to it with um, the fact that I have... I'm going to say up to now, I've been living with this contradiction of really having a sense of the, the light that I am 
And simultaneously, right up against that, when I get too up to my eyeballs in news and get triggered by McConnell or name somebody, I won't even name them all, and I'm aware that I don't, I haven't up to now felt open-hearted to them. And I'm aware of not watering the seeds that I want to be watering in relation to them. And what the seedening <laughs> has shifted for me is it is really having a greater sense of what it means to me when I say the planet is my neighborhood. The planet is my neighborhood. And so I can't leave anybody out of that. Even, even the people I frequently think of as bozos and jerks. Um, and, and I'm, Coming to that, my practice is really, when I say diversity, it's not just the people we ordinarily think of as being part of the diversity, but it, it now for me has to include the people who up to now, I've really like, I could like suck one. I mean, I have very non-Buddhist thoughts about many of them. And I'm very aware that that for me needs to shift if I'm going to create the world that I want to be creating. And that came out of this evening. So thank you. Eliana, first, I'm just touched by what you say. And by all the feeling behind it, I even invite you to close your eyes for a moment because what you're expressing and the tears that come with it is how deep you care, how much it really matters and how you want to be that beacon of love. You want to be, you know, Martin Luther King standing there saying, we will not hate you. We'll wear you down with our capacity to love everyone. Even the bozos and jerks. Because <laughs> you do need some humor. We've all had our good thoughts. You know that's true. It's not just you, dear. <laughs> but I do better, and I can wish anybody. You know, I pick the worst dictators in the world, and I wish, may you be free from fear. May you be free from ignorance. You know, may you... May you find love in yourself. I can wish that for anyone. Because as you said, better than I, this is your neighborhood. Yes. You know, you become Mrs. Rogers' neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> and I just feel, feel the goodness of your heart opening. And it's, it's, I thank you. It's beautiful. Thank you. Thank yeah. Great to see you and thank you for tonight. Last week, I um, had this uh, chronic pain, and one of my openings and um, breakthroughs has been that I can hold, I, ca I can feel the pain, but also be aware of all these other parts of my body that are pleasant, neutral, and just make some more space for all of that. And that's been 
that's been a um, that's been wonderful tonight. Um, I came in tonight um, feeling a bring um, a good deal of shame. Um, I'm closing a year last week of being an elementary school principal, and what a crazy year that's been. And uh, I've just been short tempered and lashed out at a couple too many people, and um, really was wearing that. And then um, tonight, as we're sitting and as I listen to you talk, um, just like with the pain, the physical pain, I just uh, realize that I can, there's a place for shame and there's a place for so much more, some of the, the gratitude and the, the prides and the successes and, and all of that. And it kind of helped shift me. So I thank you for that. Yeah, and I thank you for your honesty and also for your service. You were, you know, you're a first responder to our children. Um, and it's not an easy thing. I mean, I remember being sent to the principal and I was terrified <laughs> for my misbehavior. So you have to hold all this up. And, you know, our school systems are overburdened because they're supposed to be you know, the clinics, and they're supposed to be the advice to how parents should parent their children, and they're supposed to be the surrogate parents where parents are working all the time, and they're supposed to, they're, they're tasked with so much, you know, and often under-resourced. Well, I don't have to tell you any of this. Uh, and you want to give them both an education, but you also want to give them heart. And so you get discouraged at times, and then you lose it. And you might close your eyes for a moment and think of all those principals out there and all those teachers who are struggling because it wasn't just you. Think of the thousands and hundreds of thousands of teachers who entered it because they care and how much they love and how once in a while they lose it. And they also feel ashamed because they want to be just the best all the time. And just let a sense of tenderness and mercy come in. What a hard thing to choose to do. And feel the, the courage of those like you who've chosen to do it, even though it's so hard. And the love behind it. You know, if you were to put it all in a scale, all the years of work would care, and some of the you know, stupid things you did, like we all do. You know, remember that line from Zen Master Rio Conley, last year, a foolish monk, this year, no change, right? When you hold all that in, sort of like the, the feather in, in the Egyptian Book of the Dead and your soul is measured, weighed against Mott's feather. Um, when you think of your years of care and, and what you've offered, and so forth. Yes, there's a regret. And that regret, you can say thank you because it's reminding you that you can even be better than you are. It's not a bad thing. The shame isn't a bad thing. It's just saying, yeah, I could eat. There's a nobility in you. This is, I want to live even more fully and beautifully. And so it serves you. It's not a bad thing. And I think all of us in some way listening, I want to invite us all to make a kind of inner bow to the teachers and principals and 
those who are entrusted with our children in often really difficult circumstances and hang in there anyway. How's that feel to you? Yeah. Yeah. Thanks to you and and all of your cadre, this that amazing cadre of dedicated educators, so many. We do. Take care. Hi. Hi. Hi, Jack. Hi, Christina. Yes. Yes. Um, thank you so much for your teachings tonight. Um, and and all of them, I recently um, discovered your teachings a few months ago, um, and they've been a great salvation for me, really. Um, and I stayed up quite late on the East Coast to be able to hear this talk tonight, because um, today I just, um, you know, all through your teachings, I've learned that you have to sit and sweep the garden and um and today it was um i find it lately and today especially um hard to to sit on the long path i guess to liberation that's required to sweep your garden um and i just wondered if you had more insights to share I guess because my heart is needing to hear it more of when you're so dismayed on certain days, um, you know, to find the patience to trust really when it feels like when you can't find the worth in trusting, if that makes sense. Sure. Um, and I just think, you know, so much about what you're, teacher Anjan Cha said about the boulders in the field and you just they're heavy but not if you don't pick them up and I really don't want to pick them up but it feels very hard to let them go can you tell me what some of those boulders are I think um, just false narratives I've been told or just aspects of personal life, whether it's family, et cetera. You know, something that you're so close to, but maybe perhaps it doesn't always serve you Um and so I, I, you know, I, I want to sit and just keep sweeping my garden. But sometimes it feels like the, it feels like it's a really long path. And how does one find the patient, the worth in patience, I guess, and in trusting? So a couple of things to say, um, It's really step-by-step. Step. If you think of it as long, you can kind of get lost and overwhelmed. 
But if you realize that where you're going is not there, not going from here to there, you're going from there to here. The, the, the path leads you back to this moment and in this moment to a more tender heart to yourself and those people around you. So when you feel that, you can pause and say, oh yeah, I have all these expectations. They're trying to help you. You know, thank you to the expectations and where I'm going is here. Can I find some tenderness? Now, a couple more things to say. If you have a little bit of difficulty with your family or things they say to you or their expectations, it sounds like you do, yes? Yes. Remember that Buddha and Jesus both had a hard time when they went back to their families. Which is to say, family is like the, the advanced spiritual practice. <laughs> And, you know, you don't want to have a lot of expectations that you're going to do it right or fix them or whatever. They are who they are. And you just got to love their quirkiness and their judgments and their being lost and all that. They gave you life. They did what they could. They still do. And you can say thank you, even though you don't have to follow everything they say. And you should. Sure you really have to follow the wisdom of your heart. But to understand that family is this family. And you don't have to do anything about them or fix them. You just have to say thank you, take what's good, and love yourself. Now, here's another thing. I'd like you to close your eyes for a moment. Because I can feel the dedication in you. That you really want to live with tenderness and courage and love. Can you feel that in yourself? Yes. And I'd like you to imagine, I don't know if you have one, that you make a little altar where you live, some place where you can put a few precious things and maybe some images of whoever inspires you. And it can be Kuan Yin, the Bodhisattva in compassion, or Mother Mary, or, you know, whoever it happens to be. And then on this altar, I want you to imagine that when things seem difficult or too hard for you, that you can acknowledge them lovingly and then write them on a little piece of paper, impatience, fear, longing. So you honor them kindly, and then you put them on the altar, and you say to Mother Mary or who's ever on there, the Buddha, will you hold these with me? So it's not just you. It's, it's you and it's the illumined ones of all the ages. And it's also all the young women of the world who need their own altars and say, yes, let's do this together. Let's not be under the weight of these, but let's carry them with mercy and tenderness. And feel how, as you do that, it frees you in some way. Now you don't have to carry it. It's actually carried by Mother Mary and by Kuan Sense this image and tell me as you do, does this feel like it might be useful? It does. It feels lighter, like I'm not picking up the boulder. Yeah, you can place it there. Like your eyes open. The other thing to say is that one of the things that most helps all of us in this journey is community. You know, we're 
Narada taking refuge in the sun god with that funny story. But Sangha as community, um, it, we can't do it alone. And I don't know if you have a connection with the community online or where you are, but to join a group, to be part of something um, that helps because you can practice together and hear everybody else's stories and realize, oh, we're, we're doing this together. We're holding this together. Do you have any connection with community yet? I do. What's the community? Mm, my friends. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And are they interested in the same things, including this and kind of awakening compassion? Some are. I think some of it too is, um, you know, feeling shame around some of my stories, but. That's okay. So feel the shame too and put your hands in your heart. You don't have to make the shame go away. You don't have to shame the shame because it's really trying to protect you. It's trying to say, all right, I want you to be better. It believes that. The fact is that you are good, that you're actually good and beautiful, but the shame is taught to you. That's a fear. And hold it and say, thank you for trying to protect me. I'm actually fine. Thank you. I'm just fine. I'm good just now. Then you can put the shame in the lap of Kuan Yin or Mother Mary and say, you carry this for all the young women who feel shame. You carry this. I'm fine. Thank you. So much tenderness. You're doing great. And I think beyond your friends that it would be useful to look for an online meditation community or I don't know where you live, in some place where you can connect with others who are actually meditating and dealing with the same things that we do as we open our hearts and our minds. So look for that. And thank you for your honesty. You're you're, You're actually doing really well. Just so you. Thank you. All right. Yeah, take care. Neat. And with this, I think we'll pause for the evening. Feels like enough. I hope you take whatever was a reminder into yourself from the meditation, the stories, the conversations we've just had whatever reminds you of goodness in your own heart. And in this week of the illumination of the light, remember that you are that light, that you are the light of awareness itself come into this body. And as the Buddha's last word said, make of yourself a light, let that love and light, that illumination of awareness that you are shine. Thank you. And, Be safe and well. See you again. Good night.